הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים, שדרנו כל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש ומשם בארץ הם המבחן רבנו הקדוש. צדיק יסוד עולם נחה נובע מכוחמה רבנו נחמן פייגמן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומה זכותו תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם. Today we're going to do two lessons, תורה ל"ז ותורה ל"ח, רב דקות אמר עתניאנה. We start with תורה 37. ממתים ידך השם, ממתים מחלב וכולי. אני בצדק אכסף עניך וכולי. את בדן תהילים צ'פטר 17. These phrases, ממתים ידך from those who die by your hand. השם, oh God, ממתים מחלב, from those who die of old age. וכולי, etc. אני בצדק אכסף עניך. As for me, in righteousness, I behold your face. Um, dot, 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 etc. Okay. Let's see what Rabbeinu says. Rabbeinu brings the verse. He's going to put it aside. And now we're going to explain it a little bit later. The main idea is what? That the essential purpose is only to serve and to walk in the pathways of God. For his sake. In order to merit to recognize God and to know Him. That this is the essential purpose. And this is God's will. That we recognize God. And it's not fitting for a person to have any other intentions or meditations whenever he's serving God. Only this one is appropriate. The only thing that's appropriate is to fill God's desire. That he declared and his will was done. As it brought down in Rashi, Vayikha um, chapter 1 verse 9 over there in the language uh, of Rashi over there. That God declared and his will was done. Because there's a person who serves all his days, who works all his days, who chases after all the desires of this world in order to fill his stomach and his belly with the desires of this world. There's one who puts effort and toil in order to merit the world to come. But Rabbeinu also says that one who works for the world to come is also called something of what we call filling the stomach. Just like we said something, just like we said above, that the person who runs after the desires of this world is filling his belly. Same is true of someone who actually does everything with the intention of earning the world to come. That he wants to fill his, his stomach and his desire with the world to come. So now Rabban is going to expand a little bit. He's going to explain. This is what is the aspect of what is written. Those whose portion is in life. And your concealed treasures fill their bellies. So now let's, let's let Rabbeinu explain what this verse means. That their portion is in life. And your concealed treasures, etc, etc, etc. So Rabbeinu is going to take this apart. Meaning, what does it mean? There are those people who choose their portion in life. Meaning what? Meaning to fill their desires in this life. Meaning to have life in this world. And there are those people on the opposite spectrum who choose the abundant and concealed good. Which is the world to come. This is why it says in the verse your concealed treasures. Meaning that they're choosing in the concealed good. 
meaning the world to come, which is concealed from us. But actually, Rabbanu is saying that both of them are the aspect of what Timalevi Nama that says in the verse. Both of them is the aspect of Milu Betan filling their bellies. This is why it says in the verse that those, whether it's those who choose their portion in this life, and those who choose their portion in the world to come, which is concealed, they both are filling, filling their bellies. These two groups, meaning whether it's those who choose this world or those who serve Hashem for the world to come, they are both the aspect of uh, filling their bellies. Both of them are the aspect of filling your, your stomach. That they want to fill their bellies and their desires. One with the world, with this world, and one with the world to come. It's just that the one who's choosing with the world to come is a greater wise man. That he's actually choosing a more permanent world, which is everlasting and eternal. And he disdains, he disdains this world, which is fleeting and it perishes. And it's also true that it's certainly much, much better to serve Hashem, even if He's serving God with the intentions of the world to come. However, nonetheless, this is also called the filling of the belly. Meaning, even though it's good, it's still called filling your belly. And this is why it says in the verse, within that verse in chapter 13, which we started at the beginning of the lesson, they are sated with children. <clears throat> they are sated with children, meaning that their satisfaction is children, like the way of the world, just like the way of this world, that all the peoples of today's world, um, their entire service is only in order to create an inheritance to their children. And the truth is, one who isn't a holy man, and one who runs after the desires and leaves money to his children, it's as if he soils himself with filth. And he takes more filth and covers it over the filth. Because the truth is, holy money is very, very lofty. And there are many different aspects and lofty aspects with regard to it, Kambam and Kamachalat is brought down in many lessons. Lesson 23, lesson 25, uh, lesson 60, lesson 69. Rabbanu speaks about all this. But the money of this world, of the desires of this world, the money one gains whenever he, the money one earns while he's still attached to the desires of this world, is an aspect of excess. It's extraneous matter. That, that all of this money is the remainder of extraneous matter, is what remains of a person after filling his desires. And um, all of that money is extraneous matter, it's, it's uh, excess. And the excess of all the desires that he has after filling all of his desires, uh, of his desires is the money he leaves behind. Also the children that aren't born in holiness when a man isn't holy and he runs after his desires, they are literally um, excess and extraneous. 
because they come from the the excess the 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 foul and the turbid the the foul drop of seed and the turbidity of the mind that emerges outward and it's from that that this this kid is literally formed chapter three the putrid drop it's literally putrid it's literally foul and this is why these children are called olelim, young. Because olelim comes from the word tinuf, which is filth. Because as Rashi explains in Tehidim, chapter 8, what is olel? Olel. Um, Rashi explains, um, when it mentions olel in, in uh, Tehidim, chapter 8, Rashi explains it as being tinuf, filth and dirt. So we see why the young kids are called olelim. Is because these young kids are formed from that impure and dirty drop. And one who leaves children like this, who is a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. Because they're the aspect of excess and filth. Therefore, what did he want to do? He wants to mask this filth and to disguise this beauty, uh, to disguise this filth with, and to beautify it with money. He wants to throw money on top of this filth. And the money itself is also filthy. It's complete extraneous matter. So he's throwing filth upon the filth. Because all that money remains to him after all the desires that he filled. And this is the inheritance that he leaves for his children after his death. So what is he doing essentially? Is he throwing filth upon filth? And this is what it says. They are sated with children. Meaning that their satisfaction is children. For whom they waste their lives. And what did it say at the end of the verse? And they leave their excess to their young. That they mask the young in excess. Which is what that money. Which is also the aspect of uh, of excess, extraneous matter. Meaning that that filth is uh, that inheritance which they leave their kids is that filth which um, that they literally leave um, that they spend all their days literally just to have kids so that they can give them inheritance of even more filth. This is for a person who's all in the desires of this world, who's attached to this these worldly matters. But, but I, I do not choose from either of these two groups. Except in order to merit to behold the presence, or sorry, to to see and to behold the pleasantness of God. And this is what it says: I, with righteousness, held on to your face. I beheld your face. That David the Melech upon him be peace. He said, That in the merit of David the Melech's righteousness, he chose nothing for himself other than to behold the face of God and to recognize his Creator. And even the children which he desired to leave behind, was only for the intention of God. For the sake of Hashem, in order to complete, as if to say, what is brought down in the verse, the image of His likeness.
to bring down kids that have the image of God. Because holy children are very, very spiritually high. Anyone who does not engage in being fruitful, being with his wife, he has diminished the divine likeness of having children. Meaning, anyone who does not engage in having children has diminished the divine likeness. Meaning, David Amalekh wanted to fulfill, to, to, to bring down the image of God's likeness in the world. Because when a kid is born, a son is born in the world, an additional image of God is born. And now the image of God's likeness is complete. And this is what it says in the verse, I will be sated. Meaning the satisfaction of having children. Meaning what we said above. They will be said with children. The only reason why David Melech was said with children was what? Was what? Upon awakening by your image. That the only reason that he was said with children was because that he had the intention of awakening um, the image of God. As we said above, the image of God's likeness. This is why it says in the verse which we started with, O oh God, from those who die by your hand, because there are those who die a natural death, and they are born with constitutional vigor, and other things that are similar to this. That... Um, that through um, that through them, it's fitting for these children or these people to live a certain number of years. And they they live and they are sustained for all these years until their moisture is depleted and their life force is completely gone. That's what we're talking about. This vigor that is instilled within them, in them from birth has a certain time limit. And once they die, that's it. It's done. And they die of old age. This is what it says in the verse. There are those who die of old age. But there are those who Hashem decrees death upon them before their time because of a punishment. And this is what it says. In the verse, the first half of the verse, there are those who die of old age, which is what we said, which is the natural death. There are those, but there are those who die from the hand of God. Meaning what? And for these people, it's fitting for them the world to come. Because of the fact that they died before the time. But those who die because of old age, they are the aspect of this world. That they have no world to come. Because they live and they, uh, are, they go through this world without any punishment. Until they die of old age. God doesn't punish them. He just lets them go. But David Amelech, upon him, he spoke about both of these groups. Both of these people who engage in this world and those who engage in the world to come. These are the two groups. Those who die by the hand of God or those who die by old age. There are those who die by the hand of God which is those who have the world to come because God punishes them because God is actually looking at them and paying attention to them and giving them what is fitting for them. And because they die of punishment, Hashem will give them to the world to come.
meaning that Hashem is is controlling whatever the it, what, depending on what they do, Hashem will give them punishment or reward, and that's because Hashem cares for them to do so. But of those who die of old age, meaning those who um, who live in this world, uh, meaning those who die of old age, is those Hashem basically doesn't pay attention to and gives them this entire life in this world so that he, they don't have the world to come. This is what it says in the verse. There are those whose portion is in life and your concealed treasures, etc., etc. These are the two groups we mentioned above. Both of them are the aspect of filling their bellies. Either it's filling your belly in this world or the world to come. And this is what it says in the verse. They are sated with children and they leave their excess to their young ones. As we said above, and there is still one who chooses the world to come and wants to leave merit to his children. This is also the aspect of they were saved with children um, and they left their excess, etc. But David said, But I choose from both of these groups the aspect of what? I will behold the face of God with righteousness. That with all my righteousness, I merit to behold the face of God. I will be seated upon um, awakening your image. As we said above, and with all of this said, it's still very good, even one who serves Hashem for the world to come. Rabbi Hussein. And it's also good to leave his merit, uh, to his merit, his merit to his children, as is brought above in the book Rashid Chochma, in the in the aspect in the in the section Gidul Vanim, Siman Namet. Look also in the Gemara Tanit, page twenty-three A, with the story of Choniyam again. That it's not for a person to accept all his reward. It's only good that he leaves his reward, his merit, to his children after him. It's only the complete tzaddikim, those who love Hashem truthfully, like David Amelech, and all those great tzaddikim, they don't choose this at all. They don't want this world or the world to come. And not to leave their merit and their righteousness for their children. It's only to leave the raton of Hashem, to fill the raton of God. This is the difference. There's two groups. And the second group is obviously very good. But Rabban was saying there's that group of the great tzaddikim, which one must strive for, which is to serve Hashem for His sake only, not to leave any merit to His children, nothing. It's only for God's sake. And this is the, 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 the group that David Melach chose for himself. May we strive to attain such levels. This is a very special lesson, a very, very important one. Sometimes the great person travels and goes to the small one. And sometimes it's the exact opposite. Meaning sometimes the tzaddik travels to the provinces and he illuminates his students. Sometimes the students go to him. And this aspect is greater, Rabbanu says, when the great one travels to the small one. This aspect is even greater. 
it's simple that the small person needs to come to the greater person. Because he needs to receive from him. It's obvious. But sometimes the light of the great person is very, very great. Until literally it's impossible for the small person to receive the light of the greater person in his place while he's still in his uh, proper place. Because of the fact that the light is so, so big. Therefore, it's necessary for this great tzaddik to descend and to subdue himself, to go by the small person to travel to him. So that by the means of him traveling, that light is minimized and made corporeal a little bit and uh, brought, to him, brought to the small person. In order for the small person to accept it, so we see that when the big person needs to travel to the small person, this is because actually he's even he's so spiritually great, he's so lofty, and because he's so big, he needs to lower himself. And Moshe Rabbeinu, upon him be peace, was so big and was such honest was on such a spiritual level that literally. All the great people needed to lower themselves before him and to uh, show subordinates um, and, to, and to literally be subordinate opposite them. He needed to literally make himself extremely small. That the man Moshe was extremely humble from all the men upon the face of the earth. Meaning, even though all the other people were very great, he gave Yehoshua and Aaron, for example, Yehoshua and Aaron. But with all that being said, Moshe Rabbeinu upon him be peace was at such a spiritually lofty level that he was literally forced to lower himself, to subdue himself to these people, even Yoshua and Aaron, in order for them to accept his light, as we said above. And this is what is brought down in Megillah, chapter 31. That in any single place you find his greatness, there you find his humility. That in any, every single place that you find greatness and awesomeness, there over, over there you specifically need Humility and constriction. In order to be able to accept that light. Because if we accepted that greatness just the way it was, we would, we would vanish directly. We would vanish and we would literally evaporate just from the, the mere light. And behold, when the small person comes before the great person to accept from him, and then the great person illuminates a small person. And the main thing that the great person does is to make this to turn this constricted consciousness into great consciousness, into expanded consciousness. Meaning to illuminate a small person, to graden his intellect. That he would that he would mature from his constriction. And to be made someone great. Meaning all the work that the tzaddik does to bring this small person to an expanded consciousness. This is the aspect of Rabbi says of sweetening. This is hamtaka. Sometimes the tzaddik illuminates a small person through the light of his face 
and reassurances. That sometimes the tzaddik will illuminate his face with a glowing face. And with a shining face, with a face of joy. And sometimes the small person cannot receive through this. And it's the aspect of a log that won't light. The small person falls in the category of a log, a wood log, which can't light. So what do they do? They strike it. As it brought down. Um, in the Zohar Kadosh. Sometimes the tzaddik must bring afflictions upon this person. They need to make him suffer and to embarrass him in order to nullify himself so that he can make himself acceptable to receive. So it depends how the tzaddik sees fit for the person. And know that even though the great person needs to descend himself and to nullify himself a little bit from his greatness. In order for the small person to accept. Nonetheless, this is not considered the shortcoming and the loss of the great person. Who needs to nullify his light for a, a certain moment. Because this is not even a loss in comparison to the great rectification that is occurring for the small person. That the great person is rectifying him and greatening him. Because the nullification and the constriction of the great person is only for a certain moment. And afterwards, he returns back to his level. But what is he essentially doing? He's rectifying and bringing greatness to that small person entirely. And there's many divisions and differences with regard to the great person nullifying and making himself small and subordinate with regard to the small person so that the small person can receive his light. There's many ways that Sadiq does this. Because everything is according to the subject at hand. Sometimes it takes a mere motion for the Sadiq to descend into constriction. Sometimes the Sadiq needs to travel to the small person. Everything is dependent upon the subject. Just like a, a candle which was dis- extinguished. That when there's a little bit of light left, we can still light that candle. Um, we can still light it. How do we still light that candle which has just a spark of a flame still left in it? By bringing that, um, that candle close to the flame and holding it, holding it down below. Right next to that uh, lit flame. has no naturally. And when you bring a candle, which is so hot, that red spark, you can still bring it to light just uh, when it gets and approaches uh, a lit candle. And this is because it still has a little bit of light. This is in comparison to the, sm- this is the symbol of the small person. In a case where the small person still has a little bit of light and fire of Torah and mitzvot, etc., the tzaddik doesn't need to move that much. But when there's no light for this person, he cannot bring him uh, uh, light from afar. Except by means of literally bringing, um, except of literally drawing close to him and uh, bring him to light. Literally, whenever you bring that candle closer to the flame. So the more spark and light that there's still left on that candle, the less you need to draw it closer to that lit flame. The, the more dead that candle is, the more off that candle is, the closer you need to bring to the flame. So the tzaddik, depending upon how much light he sees from the small person, 
will determine whether he needs to travel or whether he needs to make a motion or whatever it is. And Bezrat Hashem, may we attach ourselves to the tzaddik, travel to the tzaddik, and may the tzaddik travel to us as well. Um, and to fulfill the words of Rabbeinu Bezrat Hashem that we studied today.